0: My sisters and brothers, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel was written to us by Matthew. And this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took his wife into his home. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning. I want to thank all the college students coming back from Florida who brought this warm weather with them. It's pretty nice. I guess we can't get used to it. As we light our fourth Advent candle, this season of waiting and hoping and preparation comes quickly to a close with Christmas just a few days away. Or does it? see, for me, Advent is not just a four-week season which kicks off the liturgical year. It's not just four weeks of getting ready for Christmas, whatever that means to you. And it's much more than just waiting for the second coming of Christ. See, we can focus so much of our prayer life seeking what is to come that we may just miss what already is here. All Advent, we have sung Emmanuel, God is with us. So, how does living a life woven in the fabric of this season allow us to see Christ? In our daily lives. The past few weeks, there are three people who have shown us the way. Let's begin with John the Baptist, dressed in camel's hair and eating locusts and honey. Clearly, he had no ego. John knew his role, and it was fairly straightforward. He was to tell all who would listen the need to be prepared for the coming of the Lord, the Christ, the one who is mightier than he the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. But later, we find John in prison and his faith seems to be wavering a little bit when he sends the disciples off to Jesus to ask Jesus, are you indeed the Christ? Or should we be looking for someone else? Don't we all go through that feeling in our lives at some point? When all is going great and good, it's relatively easy to see Christ in our lives. But as soon as we find ourselves sitting in that proverbial prisons of darkness, addictions, and personal issues, we quickly begin to ask, where is God? It was the main question I think we were all asking a year ago over the deaths of the Sandy Hook Elementary School students. It's a question I think many of us ask when faced with adversity in our lives. But you see, Christ reassured John, and thus us, To live in the faith that the blind see, the lame walk, the dead are raised, the deaf hear, and the poor, which is all of us, are beneficiaries of the good news proclaimed. Then in today's gospel, we heard the story of Joseph. For being such a key person in the life of Christ, very little is written about him. It's interesting that he's not mentioned in any of the letters written by Paul, which are the earliest writings found in the New Testament. Nor is he in Mark's or John's Gospels. He only appears in Matthew and in Luke. And in addition to that, not a single word ever spoken by Joseph is ever recorded. Rather, only his actions. And in this case of Joseph, his actions clearly speak louder than words. Actually, they speak volumes about what living a life of Advent's all about. Betrothed to Mary. But before their marriage, Joseph is told that she's with child. What? Pregnant? Not married? One has to really pause here and take notice what happened to Joseph in his life. Imagine the flood of emotions that had to come over him. Like any man soon to be married, he must have had anticipations of what his life with his new wife was going to be like. But all that gets pulled right out from underneath him. What's he to do? What are the people in town saying about he, saying about Mary? If charged with adultery, she'll most likely be stoned to death. Meanwhile, he's working hard just to pay the taxes that are burdening him from Caesar and from um, the temple. Now, his betrothed is found to be with child. I would think it's only human for him to have said the same thing that we may say when we're overwhelmed with life. God, you have to be kidding me. I can't take any more. But as we hear he's one who's righteous in nature, he decides to divorce her quietly and not to expose her to shame. But as we heard, the angel appears to him in a dream, tells him that this child has been conceived by the Holy Spirit, She will bear a son, and he is the one to name him Jesus. When he wakes, he does as he'd been asked and takes Mary into his home. Joseph lives a life of Advent, of having faith in how God is ever-present in your life, even when you least expect it. And lastly, this past week, the world mourned the death of Nelson Mandela. Born in South Africa, and raised Methodist by his mother, Christianity was central to his life. Living in Johannesburg, he became involved in anti-colonial politics, joining the African National Congress and becoming a founding member of its Youth League in their search for justice against the practices of apartheid. Apartheid, an African word meaning the state of literally being apart, was a system of racial segregation in South Africa. Enforced by the ruling government from 1948 to 1994. During that time, the rights of the majority, the black inhabitants, were curtailed. non-white political representation was abolished, and black people were deprived of their citizenship. In 1962, Mandela was arrested, convicted of a conspiracy to overthrow the state, he was sentenced to life in prison. He served 27 years in that prison, was finally released in 1990. So, what does he do upon his release? Certainly, it would have been easy for him to take his family and just move away from it all. Or, recognizing his popularity, he could have rallied the blacks in order to seek violent retribution against the whites for all the personal suffering he endured, as well as his race. Instead, Nelson Mandela decided to live a life rooted in Advent so that others could see God's presence coming through the cracks of the chaos and deception and alienation and segregation. He went on a mission to make God visible to those jailed as well as the jailers. Mandela, together with F.W. de Klerk, abolished apartheid and established multiracial elections in 1994, in which Mandela was elected president of South Africa. Just years out of prison, he set out on a brief political career where he taught people how to live in a relationship with each other despite their religion, their sexual preference, or the color of their skin. John the Baptist, Joseph, Nelson Mandela all lived lives which carry the core essence of Advent, But in doing so, they clearly made those around them very uncomfortable. No surprise, it's that same sense of uneasiness that some even feel about Pope Francis. Why? Because like John, like Joseph, like Mandela, like Mother Teresa, like Dorothy Day, like Jesus, Pope Francis understands that Advent reminds us that living a life of Christ is not either-or, it's both-and. John found that his deep love of Christ also meant losing his life. Joseph, bringing a young pregnant girl into his home as his wife, also had faith that his actions were somehow part of God's plan. And while doing hard time in prison, Mandela also never lost hope and trust in God that one day he would be free and that he could end segregation in his country. You see, we all have times in our lives where the bottom can't seem to get any lower, where God's plan does not seem to match up with the one our ego built for ourselves. Yet by actively living the spirit of Advent, the spirit of inclusion, the spirit of hope, the spirit of faith, Christ becomes visible to us, present to us, living within us time and time again. So Advent comes to a close in a few days and at the same time, it doesn't. For we are told repeatedly not to be afraid, but rather to be open and vulnerable to the daily arrival of Christ in our lives. So as you blow out that last Advent candle tonight and toss the Advent wreath back into the closet till next year, don't discard the true essence of the season and be committed to a life of listening, loving, hoping, enduring, and trusting, a life rooted in Advent, and in turn, your eyes will be open to seeing the ever-presence of Christ in your lives, in the places you least expect.